President Donald Trump has a few choice words for Republicans and Democrats on the Hill, as well as for the American people in his Twitter feed this morning. Early this morning, after the Senate took a vote on what has been called skinny repeal of Obamacare, Donald Trump tweeted, Three Republicans and 48 Democrats let the American people down. As I said from the beginning, let Obamacare implode. Then deal. Watch. So, this is, of course, in reference to the late after midnight vote that took place on Capitol Hill, where Susan Collins, Senator Murkowski from Alaska, and John McCain all voted against skinny repeal. For those of you up late watching C-SPAN, you could probably tell that Republicans were not going to pass this version of repeal in the Senate the very moment that Vice President Mike Pence left the Senate chambers. His vote was needed as a tiebreaker vote when the original motion to proceed to debate on health care occurred earlier this week. For more on health care in the United States and Trump's tweets explained, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Donald Trump had a few choice words for not Republicans, not Democrats, but our democratic institutions this morning on Twitter. Donald Trump tweets, If Republicans are going to pass great future legislation in the Senate, they must immediately go to a 51-vote majority, not nonsense 60. Even though parts of healthcare could pass at 51, some really good things need 60. So many great future bills and budgets need 60 votes. Donald Trump is of course referencing the fact that this bill that we've seen a few votes and a voterama on last night was intended to be passed under reconciliation. This essentially means that the bill can only do things to shift around and change the nation's budget. They can't have pure policy in them, and that's how you're able to get through a Senate filibuster. Donald Trump actually wants to create a situation where it is harder for the minority party to be represented presented in our governing institutions. What's the flawed logic in Trump's tweets, you may ask? Well, he calls for 51 votes to pass everything, and even with a skinny bill that didn't have every controversial thing in it, Republicans only mustered 49 votes yesterday evening. I'm sorry, not yesterday evening, early this morning. Wow, politics sure is crazy this week. I'm Ian Shapiro. The newly appointed White House Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci, also known as The Mooch, is not happy with some of his colleagues at the White House, particularly Chief of Staff Reince Priebus and Chief Strategist Steve Bannon. Now, he had a venting interview with a member of The New Yorker, and while a lot of radio has not been giving quote-for-quote quote, uh, what Scaramucci said about these two individuals, because it was quite colorful language. We're all about the explicit here, baby, at Politics Explained. So if there are any young children or if you have sensitive ears to expletives, uh, please know that the rest of this segment will be quotes by Scaramucci about his companions at the White House. Scaramucci linked his own disinterest in being a media icon, basically in contrast with how he saw Steve Bannon saying, I'm not Steve Bannon, I'm not trying to suck my own cock, I'm not trying to build my own brand off the fucking strength of the president, I'm here to serve the country. 
Bannon declined to comment on this statement. Scaramucci has also called leaks of his financial disclosure documents, which are public documents, the fault of Reince Priebus. Here's what he had to say about Reince Priebus. He said, Reince is a fucking paranoid schizophrenic. A paranoic. Clearly, the Game of Thrones-esque infighting of the White House will not be ending anytime soon. And if these reports are any indication, there will be blood. For more on politics of the White House, I'm Ian Shapiro. You're listening to Politics Explained. If you're somebody like me and you follow politics almost religiously, I would still absolve you of your sins if you did not understand 100% of what went down on the Senate floor and what led up to it yesterday, or I guess today, very early in the morning. Essentially, here's what happened. After weeks, even months of consideration, writing, CBO scores, backlash from the public and the media about the Republicans' repeal and replacement plan, Mitch McConnell was able to get the motion to proceed to pass, basically under a few conditions. Number one, he needed John McCain to come back from essentially being diagnosed with brain cancer in order to cast a vote to proceed to even begin talking about amendments and legislative language. Following a motion to proceed, we saw a vote-a-rama, which was essentially the senators in the United States voting on every different type of repeal that we've seen so far. Repeal and replace, just repeal, House bill, Senate bill, and also the skinny healthcare bill which was the last vote we had early this morning. The truly crazy part, and I, I say crazy, I wouldn't use the word crazy lightly. The truly crazy, insane, wackadoodle part of this entire process was that for many senators, their condition for voting on any of these bills was the condition that the bill would not become law. That's right, they said they would only vote to pass these different versions of the Senate bill as long as they were assured that this version would not be immediately passed by the House of Representatives and Paul Ryan and then go to President Trump's desk to be immediately signed without a second thought. That's right, I'll say it one more time because that's just how insane and crazy it is. Many Republican senators said, I will only vote for the bill if you pinky promise me that it will not become law. That is what I want. At the end of the evening, the vote was 49 to 51, with all types of repeal and replacement being failures, at least for now. The GOP has plans to bring healthcare back onto the calendar in the future. This is according to Republicans who have been interviewed on the Hill after the vote. You're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro. Partisan ideological polarization is a term that gets thrown around a lot. But the question is, what is partisan ideological polarization and does it matter for campaigns? Does it matter for governing? Does it matter for the way that you and I talk to each other and our friends and our relatives each and every day? Well, those are all valid questions. However, today we're going to focus on how partisanship can campaign but it's not so good for governing. 
This comes from a post on the Mischief of Faction blog hosted by Vox Media, and it's written by Julia Azari, a political scientist. Julia points out that for seven years, the Republican Party has had a campaign platform to run on repealing and replacing the Affordable Care Act. However, last night, we saw that when they actually voted on a bill, not only was that bill bad policy and written in the last minute and released just hours before the vote, but not every Republican was willing to vote on the bill. John McCain, Susan Collins, and Lisa Murkowski all held steadfast to their opposition on the final vote. Now, while other members of the GOP had reservations and issues with the bill, they held along the party line and voted for it. What happened last night is a clear illustration of disjunction within the Republican Party. Now, there's always going to be some tension when you're trying to line up policy with politics. A big piece of the political logic for those basically wanting to get rid of the Affordable Care Act or Obamacare is this idea of not wanting to pay for the care of others. That individuals see healthcare as a privilege, not a right, and that some individuals, by virtue of them not having the right resources, are therefore undeserving. However, there are a lot of Republicans who basically see that Obamacare and its expansion of Medicaid was very useful for the health and well-being of their constituents. So that party message and the actual policy themselves become a thing of tension, not something you can necessarily move forward with. The question moving forward for Republicans in Congress is the following. Do your campaign slogans and your general ideology of smaller government and individual liberty necessarily mesh together 100%? And when they don't, what policy initiatives should you prioritize so that you can still say, as a party, we're getting things done and we're building our brand into something that you can trust? Because if they can't do that, they're going to lose control of their presidential primary process and the party, just as they did during the 2016 presidential election. That's one reason why Donald Trump is the president today. For more on electoral and legislative politics, you're listening to Politics Explained. I'm Ian Shapiro.